seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm your host for today's program. As you know, we have been walking through a journey in the Holy Land throughout this time period of Lent, preparing for Easter, and it has been amazing to hear different versions of people's experiences in the Holy Land, how it's brought scripture alive for them, and today we are going to continue that journey with our very special guest, Jeff Meyer, to talk about his experience. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you could come in today because when I put out the request of who's been there, you're like, well, I've been there. I'm like, um, how did I not know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just one of those things we never really quite showed up. I mean, we talk about so many different things that, uh, um, but yeah, maybe a, a little surprised that it didn't actually show up. But. Yeah, well, and that's actually a great noticing, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is one thing I've been finding as we've been doing these interviews is once people have gone there, why it starts to become important to share about this experience, because I think it just brings so much alive oh, for yeah. people. Yeah, it so really does. So talk to us a little bit about uh, the call to go in the first place, and oh, like because that kind of usually for people is even I, a story. I Yeah, so ours is a little bit, I, I don't know, maybe we're just a, a couple of weirdos or something, but my wife and I were actually saving our lunch money for a short-term missionary trip to the Grenadas. I went to Grenada. I was there for six weeks with the 82nd when we did the invasion back in 1983. And so we had these missionaries that show up, and we're oh, yeah, we're doing this short-term thing. We're like, oh, this sounds like fun. We start putting the paperwork together, saving our lunch money. All of a sudden, out of the blue, um, Pastor Jim, who was here you know, a couple of days ago, he, uh, he goes, hey, we've got a couple of openings for the Israel trip. Are you, are you and Shar interested? And we're like, let's go think about it, pray about it. And we're like, this is like one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Let's spend the money on this, and let's jump on it and go. And uh, so we did. And I mean, we, it, was a, it was a short notice, and uh, I got the time off work, and we, we jumped on the boat, so to speak, and went with 130 people we didn't know. 130 people? Well, I think that's what, yeah, because it was, it, was, um, it was our church, and there was only Six of us from our church, and then um, everybody else came from Quentin Rhodes. And I actually think it wasn't all Quentin Rhodes down in Chicago. I think there was, I know we sat next to a couple from Texas. Um, there was, um, Dr. Bob was from Texas also. Um, fascinating man. That's the guy you need to get on the show. Holy cats, does he have a different <laughs> take on Israel? But um, anyway, so yeah, I just met a whole bunch of new people and stuff. But there was, uh, in our group, there was 130 people in our group, three buses that traveled together everywhere all the time for, for 10 days straight. And uh, just a, a phenomenal trip. It was a little bit on the frustrating side for me as a history guy. You know, we'd get to these places and it'd be like, wow, this is really cool. And by the time you get there and you get off and you get this quick summary of what went on here, it's like, all right, let's go explore. And like, no, get back in the bus. It's time to go to the <laughs> next site. And you're like, but but I just got here. I, I need like a couple of days here. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that, just knowing you a little bit. I was curious about that because those things move at a Oh, it, know, they keep you pace. moving really, really fast. Yeah. Yep. Well, they, they want really you do. to see all the, the exactly. main sites, right? That's the whole thing. They want, you know, the more sites, the better in their mind and, and stuff. And, and it was. It was a really good exposure to all of Israel without seeing all of Israel, obviously. Yeah. So and, prior to going on the trip, how much had you really studied scripture about this or even just contemplated like what this was going to be? Because you didn't have as much time as most people do to prepare for a trip like this. Right. And so 
I've read my Bible, and, and when, I'm, when I'm studying, I actually have uh, two maps that I keep close by. I have a map of Israel, and I have a map of Jerusalem, um, so that I can you know, reference the different things that I'm reading. But until you get over there, it's still this, gosh, I don't know, it's like this theoretical knowledge or whatever. And then all of a sudden you get over there and you go, oh, you know, and, and I'm looking at it maybe a little bit from a, a military perspective. And I'm thinking, well, how in the world do they get from here to here? You know, and it seems like this very long distance and there's a lot of logistics involved with that. And he's taking this whole, you know, 12 disciples plus all these people following Jesus. And, and it's like, what in the world is going on? But you get over there and you realize everything is really condensed distance-wise. I mean, everything operates inside of this very, very small area. And you're like, well, this makes a whole lot of sense now. You know, instead of this big movement, we're only talking like a day, sometimes two days. I think the farthest distance they ever traveled was like probably a three-day walk, something like that, if I remember right. Um, we went everywhere. I mean, you can go from one end of the country to the other in six hours, three hours, I think, is, is what it takes by bus. So it, it's just a whole different perspective. You know, it just makes what you're studying in the map and stuff. You're like, oh, I remember when we were there. And it just makes, I don't know, it just makes for a whole different new and unique perspective when you get back from Israel and you're studying. You, cannot, you now have that reality-based I don't know, situational awareness maybe. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to describe, but it's like you, you, know, you read about this thing, you're like, oh, I remember that one there, but it's not that one. It's this one over here, and oh, it's, yeah. It, it just it brings the being. scripture to life. That's, I mean, absolutely that's, does, yeah. You're, you're reading about it, like, oh, wait a minute, I was there, I actually. was right there. Or mm-hmm. I touched the water, or I did this, right? There's, yep. there's that piece. So as you experience some of these places, what were some of the places that really impacted you the most? Well, Jerusalem for sure. Um, the Temple Mount was, you know, as soon as you start thinking about Israel, it, it's like my thoughts went immediately, immediately to there. And so you anticipate that, of course. But then the ones that stand out, um, and we're aware of, the, uh, of it, the agenda and whatnot, but um, going and visiting the garden and then the uh, seeing Calvary, seeing the uh, Golgotha, the, the place of the skull, it's a bus parking lot now. But, you know, you see that and you're like, this is where my Lord was crucified, right here. I'm standing on this little tiny overlook and I'm looking down. This is exactly where he was crucified. And that had a tremendous impact. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was just it was just profound. I wound up just standing there staring at it. And other people like, you know, Pastor Jim was in and his his big takeaway, he loves going and visiting the empty tomb. That seeing that empty tomb was just profound for him. And and it, it was, but for me it was seeing this is where my Savior was crucified. And uh and that was just one of the places that really stood out to me and was just had an unexpected impact, you know, and, and in a good way. It's not a negative impact by any means, but, and I find myself daily, you know, when I'm, when I'm thanking God for his son, Jesus Christ, and I'm thanking Jesus for coming here to this earth and going to the cross at Calvary, and I can look back and I have this visual that I can recall. I know right where it's at. I move the buses out of the way, and it's like, boom, that's where he was at. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it was a, it was an unexpected and profound impact. I'm curious 
about this like unexpected and profound. There's sort of this then I'm curious, like, well, what did you expect? So what made it unexpected? I'm a little bit curious about Well, that. it just wasn't one of the things that I was anticipating. You know, I was anticipating going to Jerusalem. I really wanted to walk around and explore Jerusalem. I really wanted to go on the Temple Mount. I really wanted to, okay, I need to find out where the East Gate is. I need to find out where Mount of Olives is. I want to get all this stuff aligned. I want to have this geographical map built into my head, which I do for everything. But, you know, it was just really important for me to have that stuff there because I, you read so much about it, and especially if you're studying prophecy. And so this is one of the things I, I, I knew it was on the agenda, but I wasn't anticipating anything really special coming out of there. It was just a pla- another place to visit. And uh, it wound up being a very, very, very special place to visit, very profound. You know, once I was there, and all of a sudden these connections just came and these, I don't know, the, these emotions that I was not anticipating, the, the, this excitement, this, I don't even know what I'm trying to explain. No, I get it. Well, it's I'm sort of starting to feel, because I have kind of some tears rolling a little bit, which is, I think my spirit is feeling your spirit yeah. in the moment, right? And what I love about what you're saying, and again, it's yes, it's bringing it to life, but I was thinking about this just in reflecting some of the shows that we've been doing, and one of the things that has really stuck out to me is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we really come to understanding what that is, it's one thing to say it out loud. We do the salvation prayer. You know, we do all these right. things. Yeah. When you are literally looking at, no, this is where it took place. Like this was that sacrifice. Yeah. I think it just brings it to a level that we can read about it, but when you experience where it was, you feel it differently. You know, and... I think the last interview I did with you, um, we talked about experiential knowledge, and I think that is a good expression for this. It brings that crucifixion, the reality of the crucifixion, and and what it means for me personally, what it should mean for each of us personally. You know, we have that personal relationship, and it just made that experience that much more real. Yeah, yeah, and when it becomes real how we choose to be with it changes, right? Like, I think there's something, right? Well, and it it goes towards, I think, you know, I'm just kind of speculating, but I think it goes back towards my experiential knowledge of God. It adds to my experiential knowledge of God. And so when, when we have an experience, when I have an experience with God, we can... We should anticipate that, one, it's going to bring humility on our part, it's going to bring about a change, and that a permanent change, and it's probably going to be a change that other people can see, or it should be a change that other people can see. But it's also going to bring a, a level of surrender that we just did not know beforehand. Yeah. And um, so and, and I think seeing that, it just it, it added to that experiential knowledge, and I came away profoundly humbled, changed in a way I was not anticipating and thinking about it, it wasn't anywhere on my radar, you know, it's not anticipating that or anything. So I, I wasn't prepared for it. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those, God had a little present for me. Hey, just because I love you, here you go. And it was like, whoa, you know, and you got all these new experiences, all these new rea- emotional reactions and stuff that, you know, just kind of take your breath away and, and leave you just in awe of God, really. One thing I've loved about having people on is seeing, like, I often talk about, like, the head space, the heart space, the soul space. 
And so many people have so much head knowledge, right? Like they know these words in the scripture, they, you know, can speak about things, but that, and it, and it speaks a little to the experiential place, but there's also this, when we give ourselves permission to allow God to really work in the heart and to really change our hearts, I mean, this is scriptural, right? Right. But that really takes us to a whole new level in our relationship with him. And as you said, people can then see that in us. And they want more of that, right? I just think sometimes. It's <laughs> well, I, I have people say, "No, no, no, that's enough. You stay on that side of the street. I'm hanging out over here." And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, you. Yes, and I think when we more, add the heart space, yeah, it is. It's yeah, right. and and it, and it all depends on who you're hanging out with. You know, yes. when we hang out with our our church family and other Christians and, and people we know, yeah, those. Those people see that, and they desire more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jeff, we've got so much more to talk about. We're going to take a brief pause, and we're going to talk more about your experiences in the Holy Land, the places of impact, and how God just keeps working in your life. We're going to take a brief pause, friends. Don't go anywhere. We are speaking with Jeff Meyer, and we're talking all about the Holy Land. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. I am always looking for guests who may be interested in joining me for our program. If you or someone you know has a testimony of how God is working in his or her life, I'd love to hear from you. I have an interest form on my website at lifefulofjoy.com that you can fill out and submit to me. We are often booking shows out two to three months in advance, so please be patient as we go through our interest forms. Shine your light to the world. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice, serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi, and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy, Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an Infusion of Joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights, perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at Live Joy, Share Joy. Live Joy and Share Joy. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Jeff Meyer. We're taking a visit to the Holy Land and hearing all about his experience there, bringing scripture to life and some of the places that really brought new meaning to how God has worked in his life and continues to work in his life. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you. This is so great to be talking about. It like, is. we should be there right now. I like, know, yeah. I just kind of want to, like, get on a plane. How come we're not doing that? That would be I awesome. know. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, how could we make that happen in the future? Can you imagine live from wow. the Holy Land? That would be so cool. I love when we come up with these ideas. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I'm going to put it on my board. Yep. All, All right. right. <laughs> I got to save my lunch money and get yeah, it there. You better get that lunch money going. Yeah. So obviously, um, we've heard about um, a couple of, of places that were very important to you. What are some other places that as you visited, you just noticed things or noticed that this was more profound maybe than some some of the things? Wow, I wish I would have taken the time to look this verse up. But there was a conversation that um, Jesus had with Peter, James, and John. And it I, 
I, I really, I honestly don't remember where it's at, but every time I read through this thing, and I want to say it's in John and probably in Matthew or Mark also, um, or one of the four Gospels anyway, when you read it, it's like a weird little isolated random statement by Jesus where he tells Peter, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And there's no context when you read it about this. However, when we went over there, remember I said we had uh, a guy by the name of Dr. Ball, um, and he is, I can't even get into his resume. It's so extensive and stuff. But he's been over there many, many times, geologist, architect, or, or archaeologist, all different kinds of things, profound Bible scholar. And we went to visit this place way up in northern Israel, uh, the north part of Israel, um, where they used to worship Baal. And we got to this place, and this is where they had Jesus had this conversation or made this statement to Peter on this church, I will build my own. And you can go and you can see this is an old pagan occult worship center, and it, there's a cave, and it looks just like the mouth of some kind of weird stone creature. But the way it was described is they would bring people up there toss them off, and they would land down inside this thing and then roll down into this cave, into the bottom of this cave. Dead, of course, but that was the sacrifice. Toss them off the cliff, they'd hit the mouth of this thing, roll backwards down inside the mountain. And it was all filled up when we got there and stuff, so, um, you know, all filled in. But you walk about 100 meters up, and there is the foundation stones for a Byzantine church that was built gosh, I don't know, somewhere around 800, maybe 980. When were the Byzantines around? 1,200, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, and that's the church that Christ was talking about with Paul. I'm going to build my church here. Well, the cool part about this was it's built on this layer of rock that, as a geologist, Dr. Ba was able to explain to us, went literally around the earth. You can go, and you don't have to dig very deep, to get to this layer of rock because it goes, it's, it, it's over, it goes and, and, and encapsulates the entire crust of the earth. It's found around the earth, literally around the world. Wow. And uh, so it, it brought context to that conversation. And, and, and again, I, I hate using the word profound, but it really was. I'm sitting there and I'm just amazed when you put it in the proper context, when you see the context, when you can see, okay, this is that, that pagan worship, this is where they used to worship Baal, and this is where God put his church right there next to it. I mean, right in the face of, of the entrance to hell, so to speak. It became another one of those wow moments that uh, just kind of took my breath away. And I don't know, I, I, I look back at that and I, I wish I could have recorded that whole experience just up there because it's, it's, it's difficult for me to recall it and, and explain it properly. And, and, you know, I want, I want, I'm sitting here going, I really want you guys to have that same profound, really, wow, that's so interesting and cool and, 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 Whatever, and and it's not, it's not coming across like that. No, I, I mean, I'm feeling it. Like I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm kind of trying to visualize it a little bit, and and actually, not even just that, but one thing that struck me as you were talking about this is how these little things in scripture that we sometimes read a verse, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
what is that? Like, yeah. it's sorry, it doesn't necessarily feel like, wait, what is that really anywhere. about? It's yeah. like, what is the meaning of that? And then all of a sudden, I'm at some random trip I wasn't even necessarily supposed to be on, according to me, and it's being explained. Yeah. You know, and it's just another one of those, uh, God loves me so much, he's just going to give me this little gift. Yeah. And um, puts it back in context and, and, and just a really uh, a wow factor that came along with that. And uh, I found myself, by the end of that trip, I sitting next to Dr. Ball, like, the entire time on the bus, you know, leaving my wife in the back of the bus, and tell me more about this, and tell me more about that, because he's got a lot. Anyway, whatever, I digress. Well, I understand, though, because this is what happens, is once, I think, it, the passion starts to get there, right, to learn more and more and more, yeah, and yeah. then it's like, okay, fill me with some knowledge here, you right. know, to even go with the wisdom that's also, you know, coming on the trip. So... I, lo- I love just how you shared that. And I also love that tie into the scripture piece because I do feel like sometimes, I think for any of us and um, anybody listening, we sometimes read something. It's like, okay, what? I- I'm just not, I'm missing it here. Like, I, it's just not clicking for me. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, completely different context. It starts to make sense. Um, I'm curious about. As you navigated through the trip, um, like there's the sort of how you were at the beginning. And then sort of how you were in the middle and then towards the end. What did you notice about that journey, even in that eight to ten days? It's it's probably another scripture reference, but in, I think it's Jeremiah, um, he talks about, God talks about um, the blindness that's going to, that he's going to put on Israel. And it's another one of those verses where you read it and you go, okay, they're going to be blind. But you don't really, I didn't really conceptualize, you know, I, I couldn't visualize what exactly that's talking about. And even though I understood intellectually, yeah, okay, we're talking about a spiritual blindness here. Um, and then you get over there and you start talking to people and you start interacting with, with the other um, Jews and, and whatnot that are over there and, and just the bus drivers and the tour guides and other tourists that you see over there. And you come away with this realization that Israel for all the uniqueness that they have as God's chosen people, don't get it. I mean, they really don't get it. I mean, there is, I don't even remember the statistics. I think it's like almost half, or maybe just a little over half even, um, declare themselves as totally secular. And about a quarter of the population are just straight up, flat out atheist. And you see that. I mean, their whole thing is oriented around human wisdom, human strength, Tourism is, you know, everything's oriented on tourism, and, and it's just weird, the, the, the level of human endeavor. And it's all got this weird intersprinkling with Jewish religion. And it's just like, you guys are so close, and <laughs> you're so far away. But, it, but that part of it, that, that scripture then, you know, it, it took a little bit to, to make that connection, but you, you come to realize this is the spiritual blindness that they were talking about, and you get to experience that firsthand, and it becomes much more relevant, I think, when you're looking at it. And then it, it, it also becomes more heartbreaking because the, the, the Jewish people are just, they're very friendly, they're compassionate, they're, I mean, they're a, lot of, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. They really are. Um, I could go, I could see myself you know, we were talking before the uh, before we started recording about you know different places where we could go and hang out and, and live and, and visit and stuff, and that's a place where I can see myself going and spending some serious time over there, 
living, hanging out, even though there's gobs and gobs of people, uh, I would still go over there and, and could just hang out for a couple of years and live and work over there and, and just have the time of our lives, you know, just because of all the history and the richness of the history that's over there and the culture and the, and the people and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. I'm just sort of curious, like when you came back, what did you notice? Like, was it almost a sadness of, like, I, I'm just sort of curious, like the emotions that might have come up coming back? Because here you have this profound experience. You are walking where Jesus walked. You're having these deep, deep heart and soul experiences. And then it's like, okay, let's get on the plane and go back. So there was, I, and I don't know if it was anything deep and profound, but there was a, a definite reluctance to wanting to come back. Um, because I, I just, you know, the 10 days just goes by so fast. And, um, and so you're like, I, I could do another 10 days and, and not even blink, probably, you know, the whole time. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's for me, a natural reluctance to, to coming back. But then you come back, and, and I guess maybe the, the first thing you're, you're thinking of is, or that I've been thinking of, is like, how do I condense this? How do I summarize this and make, make it available to share with everybody that, you know, because there's always people asking, how'd the trip go? And stuff like that. And, and, and you're so you're... I got in my mind, how do I summarize this? How do I condense it and stuff? Um, but I, I, and it's kind of like reading scripture in some ways. You know, I'll read a verse and God might choose to open up my understanding for a particular verse, but then it's, it's almost like you can hear God saying, that this is just for you. You don't need to share that. And that's what I kind of found. It's like there was so much about that that was just personal. And I actually wound up with no great burden to actually share it with anybody. So, yeah, you know, we, you know, my wife and I will reminisce a couple of times, you know, about, oh, you remember when we were in Jerusalem? And, and yeah, you remember that guy when we walked off, we had, our, we had a free day, and we wound up, like, miles off of city center there going, how in the world did we get here? You know, nobody around, and we're talking to a couple of Arab guys, and it's like, anyway. So it's just it's stuff like that. It was just it wound up being a, a more of a, a personal experience that I wasn't I wasn't necessarily burdened to have to share it or anything. Yeah. You know? So I mean I, I I'm enjoying sharing it now, but it was not those opportunities just haven't showed up. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well it's just for me then. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. God'll keep keep leaving. Final words, what do you want to share with people that might be thinking about going to the Holy Land? Do it. Um, even if you only get to go one time, it is, I'm a, I'm a guy that personally thinks we're going to have lots of time throughout the millennium to be over there and interact and, and live and work and whatever. But um, this side of the millennium, this side of eternity, um, if you have an opportunity, you absolutely want to do it. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, yeah. a, it's one of those things. It wasn't on my bucket list. And I scratched my head wondering why wasn't it on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, so God. God made the way. Like it was a, he always it was a does, great right? blessing, and if anybody's got an opportunity to do it, they should do it. Yeah, awesome, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Thank we you got for a little me. glimpse just through your eyes, and so thank you very much. You're welcome. We want to thank all of you for choosing to listen today. We want to thank Jeff Meyer for coming in. We want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program, and we want to remind you to live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day, friends. Live joy. Whoa!
is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.